in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. Hello and welcome to Radio Goethe Magazine. I'm Arndt Peltner. In today's program we talk about women in German politics and we have a portrait of Josef Suchi. So stay tuned. But first, the news. Radio Goethe Magazine. The news with Nina Paula. Berlin. Chancellor Angela Merkel has called for tighter gun control laws. Her demand came after a teenage used his father's pistol to kill 15 people the week before. The possession of weapons is a subject that we must strongly pay attention to. It must be controlled, rules must be applied, Merkel said. She also mentioned conducting spot checks of legally owned weapons to ensure their proper storage. The German police union, however, said the country's current gun control laws were sufficient but have not been adequately enforced. Berlin. Meanwhile, experts are still searching for a motive behind the school shooting in Winnenden. They are again pointing the finger at violent video games. Now, a study of the Criminological Research Institute has concluded that thousands of German high school students are gaming addicts. They found that ninth graders devote an average of two hours to computer video games on school days and an average of three hours a day on weekends. The 17-year-old gunman Tim Carr from Winnenden has played a shooter video game the night before he killed 15 people at his former school before shooting himself. Berlin. Germany and the US have signed a new agreement to cooperate closely in improving national security measures in both nations. The agreement is meant to develop better protection from terrorist attacks, natural disasters, large-scale accidents and organized crime. Both nations want to use the benefits of research cooperation to mobilize the best ideas for optimal risk protection. The accord, which is said to cost between 10 million euros and 20 million euros by 2012, is the first such agreement between the two countries. Berlin. The German capital has started a charm offensive. The Berlin Senate appointed 4,000 civil servants, including police officers, public transport workers, waiters and trade fair hostesses, to be good mood ambassadors. They receive red buttons, singling them out as friendly sources of information for newcomers and visitors to the capital. The goal is to make the city a little more friendly, because the attitude of Berlin is known as grumpy and sarcastic, called the Berlin Schnauze or Snout to use its literal English translation. Berlin. A German frozen food company hopes to raise sales with a new product, the so-called Obama Fingers. The tender fried chicken bits come with a tasty curry sauce. The company says it was unaware of the possible racist overtones of the product. It was supposed to be a homage to the American lifestyle and the new US president. Selling products has become a bit more difficult than usual these days. No wonder then that companies everywhere are turning to optimistic and different marketing messages. (laughs) 
Renate Schmidt is from Nuremberg. You might not know her over here, but she has been a major player in the Social Democratic Party in Germany for a very long time. This year is her final year in the Bundestag, ending a 29-year-old career on the federal level. Schmidt was also vice president of the Bundestag and under the Schröder administration secretary for families, seniors, youth and women issues. We talked to her about the role of women in German politics and how she got her start. This started already in school when I was a young girl. I was one of three girls who became involved in a political working group of three high schools in Fürth. I was always interested in politics. As early as a child I read the newspaper. And at home there have always been discussions about political events, even though my parents were politically independent. Was there a key event for you? No, actually I didn't think that I would join a party. This happened by accident. With the so-called Ostverträge, the contracts that normalize Germany's relations to its eastern neighbors, and Gustav Heinemann, the federal president, All that were reasons for me to say, politics are worth it. There are people who really want to change something and who want to make our lives better. My first attempt in 1962 didn't work, so the second one was in 1972. Then I joined the Social Democrats in the course of the no-confidence vote against Willy Brandt. How did you move on? When I started, the SPD was very popular. It would be nice if something like that would happen again and that all the parties, not only mine, would have again that afflux of people. Back then, young people were politically motivated and engaged in an enormous way. Here in Nuremberg, I think we had twice as many members than we have today. I was immediately engrossed in the business because my former profession was a so-called men-specific job. I was a system analyst, mother of three children. My husband was at home. I was employee representative. I was active in the trade union. Someone like me wasn't found often in politics. So I immediately was involved in the political work, but never having intended to become a professional politician. I remember when I was driving through the city in 1978 with my first husband. At that time there were elections for the state parliament and I said to him I could never ever be a candidate for a parliament and he said why not and I answered just imagine you have to see your face on so many posters in the city for weeks and weeks this is horrifying I still think so on the one hand you want to have your poster in a good place on the other hand you leave a store and in front of you is your poster and you smile at yourself this is gruesome I never intended that and by accident my candidacy came along. And today I must say, politician is a wonderful profession. Also ich habe das nie beabsichtigt und es sind Zufälle gewesen, dass ich äh, dann in äh, kandidiert habe und äh, ich habe mich eben dann eingearbeitet und ich muss heute sagen, dass Politik eigentlich ein wunderbarer Beruf ist. Mrs. Schmidt, how did the public and the party react to a woman in politics? 
Also ich bin ja als Frau äh, äh, gefragt worden, weil der Karren im Dreck war. Das ist also häufig so, immer dann, wenn es irgendwie nicht ganz so I have been asked as a woman because the things have already been in a mess. It's often like that. Each time when not everything is okay and a man doesn't want to do the dirty job, a woman is asked. Three other men also stepped up. And because I didn't really want to, I was quite free and easy going. And to my surprise, in the first ballot I got the relative majority. In the second ballot, a very good result, and suddenly I was a candidate. I did not know what was happening to me. Never before I did an election campaign. I didn't know anybody. I had never been at a party rally, so I started from the bottom. Of course, I was regarded with some kind of disconcertment, not only from men, even from everybody, like where is she from? But I was accepted because in my first federal election I asserted myself against a very considered representative, Oskar Schneider, with a paper-thin majority and won my parliamentary seat. Of course, that helped in Bonn. Did you have to be different in public? Wir waren damals in der SPD-Bundestagsfraktion und das war noch die Fraktion, die, die den höchsten Frauenanteil hatte, 9,8 Prozent Frauen. Back then we have been in the SPD parliamentary group and had the highest quota of women there, 9.8%. That means women had to accommodate from topics up to speech with men's criteria. Thankfully that has changed with the quota regulation. Now we are nearly 40% in the SPD parliamentary group, the Green Party has 50%, the Left Party has not that much, and unfortunately CDU, CSU and FDP are limping behind. But style and topics have have changed. When I started it would have been impossible to put childcare on the agenda of the parliamentary group, even less of the Bundestag. That was not a topic taken seriously by men. A lot has changed since then and as I said, you had to accommodate to the patterns if you wanted to be successful. Das war kein Thema, das die Männer ernst und wichtig genommen haben. Also da hat sich schon vieles verändert. Also man musste wie gesagt sich solchen Mustern anpassen, wenn man Erfolg haben wollte. Did you have to work harder than your male colleagues? Ja, man musste mehr leisten, aber es hatte natürlich auch die Folge, dass ich äh, gleich im ersten Jahr sehr häufig geredet habe. Yes, I had to work harder, but that implicated that in the first year I had to hold a lot of speeches and the attention for women was much bigger than for the male colleagues who were new too, because there were that few women in politics. Everybody knew me immediately, because it was not that hard to remember the few women who were there. The men had to show their ID cards for weeks while I was passing through the gate. So all that had not only disadvantages, there has been a lot of benefits as well. My biography helped a lot because even in the Bundestag I was special with my combination of mother, systems analyst, employee representative and I was able to say something to a lot of different topics from my own life experience. How did the image of women change from then to today? Vielleicht auch da ein Erlebnis. Ich habe mich mal in der, einer Parlamentsdebatte, wo es um die Reform des Parlaments und unsere Once in a parliamentary debate where we discussed the reform of the parliament and our rules, at the end I held a speech with the headline "Come to a point, darling." The topic of that speech was the fact that at that moment, when female members of parliament talk about things, men consider it as an issue that is none of women's business. 
foreign affairs or defense policy, the number of interruption rises and the quality of the interruptions drops clearly. I mean, I was interrupted in a speech about retrofit 54 times in 15 minutes. I thought, does this only happen to me? Then I read the logs and found out that other female politicians experience the same. That has changed completely. Today, women are accepted in all kinds of commissions. No female member of parliament is dissed because of being a woman or because of the issue she's talking about. That is really good. That has changed in a positive way. So today it's normal to be in politics for women? Yeah, yeah. Also da haben die Grünen und auch wir mit unserer Quotenregelung wirklich etwas bewirkt. Hat dazu geführt, dass wir yes, the Green Party and we managed a lot with our quota system. This led to a finally reasonable amount of women in politics. And I hope that the two stragglers, the FDP and the Union, will do the same and that we improve the quality of politics with that. Because good politics develop from different life experience, from different developments, and when they come together, one tries to make a good compromise of all the different views. This can only be obtained when both genders and all age groups are represented in the parliament. Germany has today a female chancellor. Did that change anything? We have a female chancellor, but I don't think that Mrs. Merkel has changed something fundamentally, because it's no help if you only have a change at the top. So again I say, it would be good if the union said now, we have not only a female chancellor, we manage it that our embarrassing percentage of women in the Bundestag rises finally. That would be good. And as I said, one woman at the top changes nothing, but basically it leads to the perception that women can do anything, and that is all right. Trotzdem ist es natürlich, bringt die Sichtweise, aha, Frauen können eigentlich alles und das ist schon mal gut. This is Radio Goethe Magazine. Raphael Smarso has a love for the uncommon sounds. He's a producer for Public Radio Germany focusing on avant-garde music. Today he's taking a closer look at Josef Suchi. Cologne-based musician Josef Suchi is one of Germany's most interesting guitarists working in the vast field of avant-garde musics. In spite of the fact that his guitar playing displays the craft of a luminary instrumentalist, the general acknowledgement of his work is still missing, although he has released four solo records by now. He collaborated with a lot of different musicians, ranging from laptop wizard Eckhard Ehlers to famous can drummer Jaki Liebezeit. Ich 
durfte in keiner Band spielen, also wurde ich nie gezwungen. I was not allowed to play in a band, therefore I wasn't pressured to act in a certain context, be it independent, noise, free jazz, fusion, crowdfork or whatever. I had to build my own imaginary worlds. In my opinion, only then something individual can happen. You have to unlearn what you learned and you ought to listen with opened ears. These particular circumstances helped Suchi to develop his own sound. An ability which most musicians are not able to devise. Suchi's tone is characterized by a clear and oratorical pulse. He is not using a standard tuning, which makes his music appear otherworldly and hard to pin down in its harmonic structures. Last but not least, he is working with computer effects to shape his instrumental meditations into whirlwinds of pure sonic power. My music always functions on an optical level. I don't like to work in total abstractions. There always have to be images in my mind, images which try to simulate something. My music is not describing a route from point A to point B or emotions like happiness or pain. Music is for me an acoustic deformation of reality with the visual forces of images. Suchi's music displays in its rich information density a sense for dramaturgic development. His playing may evoke images of long-forgotten spirits by conjuring horrific thunderstorms of pure noise, delve into melancholic emotions with transcendental drones, or create suspenseful events of cosmic silence. Above all, his compositions and improvisations always seem to be very structured and thoughtfully assembled, striking with a vivid collection of intelligent ideas. His sounds describe a musical storyline which bears the aura of cinematic imagination. Ich denke immer sehr konzeptionell. I always think in a very conceptual way. This is somehow a dramaturgic simulation of film, because there is always the necessity for a plot. My music functions like a soundtrack. There is the intervening and the drift off of musical strands and the constant replacement and fill-in of new information. This is very much related to the idea of a soundtrack. The immersion of concise themes, the mixing of field recordings and all of that stuff. I have this from the television series and movies I used to watch. As a teenager, I have been addicted to images. This meant more than hearing to me. Images were essential for me. Das war mehr als das Hören für mich eigentlich. Für mich waren die Bilder das Ausschlaggebende.
As a teenager, Josef Suchi traveled the world and visited a lot of exotic places. These trips helped him to work with musical information in a completely different manner. His adventurous journeys into nature's untouched reservations led him to develop a musical approach which tries to simulate the sound world of nature. Apart from any esoterical ideology, his music is subjected to an organic flow, permanently morphing and spitting out new oral elements, being a living entity. Besides that, these expeditions introduced him to a variety of different instruments, each carrying its own magical tone. I have traveled to Arabia and Asia. On my journeys I had the opportunity to play a lot of strange instruments, which were tuned in free intonations, so that tones could move freely and display a manifoldness of sound. I have also been in the jungle and experienced an immense variety of different sounds there with a symphonic content which even an orchestra couldn't outdo. This was very powerful and had a lasting impression on me. I learned to have the feeling for noise and to move away from traditional concepts of melody and harmony towards free expression and movement. Expression and movement are probably two signifying characteristics of Suhi's music. Most of his compositions are made by layering different tracks of musical information in a digital sequencer program and applying to each track different effects. The results are always unpredictable, presenting strange harmonic interferences and weird rhythmic developments. However, this kind of expansion of the sonic repertoire of the guitar does not only rely on Suhi's abilities to work in an unconventional way with studio equipment or musical material, but also comes from a fundamental questioning of musical theory. Wir haben ja in unserer klassischen Vorstellung von Musik eine ganz gewisse Funktionsharmonik. Und diese Funktionsharmonik etwa in einem Popsong beschränkt sich einzig allein darauf, sich in den All music is subjected to the rules of functional harmony. This kind of harmonic idea establishes itself, let's say in a pop song, by creating a classic policy of cadences, major and minor triads and so on. Within jazz music there are more expansions of this idea. Functional harmony provides the basis for improvisation within defined tonal systems. My music functions apart from any functional harmony and modality. I am just moving through a rhythmic structure which is independent of any formalities given by pop or jazz music. Therefore, I am able to combine tones which don't have to necessarily stand in relation to each other. I am even able to use noises. I only have to place them in a certain pulse. Therefore, I am not subjected to play a major chord followed by a minor chord or the other way round. I can operate with silence, noise or concrete sound just as with major and minor chords. 
that is the significant difference. Of course, sometimes it can sound very strange, but that's the only possibility to break free out of obsolete concepts. Und das ist dieser entscheidende Unterschied. Und es klingt natürlich manchmal ziemlich schräg, das ist schon klar. Aber man muss sagen, es ist auch die einzige Möglichkeit, aus vorgegebenen Fahrwassern herauszukommen. And that's exactly a quality which Josef Suchi has achieved. His music shows an active development, always rethinking itself and trying to create new and outstanding oral presentations. His fifth solo release, which is being made as we speak, will focus solely on the acoustic guitar. There will be no digital processing or studio trickery, just a microphone and the warm tone of his six strings. One can already say that this will be a much-anticipated work. That was today's Radio Goethe magazine. Please find us online at radiogoethe.org. I'm Arndt Peltner. Strange things happening in the land. Strange things happening in the land. What's going on? Cold our hearts among. Strange things happening in the land. You read the Holy Bible, Matthew does record. Pestilence and earthquakes, and also rumors of war. You see it's God's own will, the Bible be fulfilled. The strange things happening in the land. Nations against nations, rising up in this land. Kingdoms against kingdoms, you better understand. No need being surprised, the end's drawing nigh. Strange things happening in the land. That's what he Daniel spoke about it, John the Revelator too. Jesus substantiated it, and the prophecy must come true. God can't lie, he declares man must die. Strange things happening in the land. Now Wilson said to the Kaiser, please let our vessels be. The Kaiser said to Wilson, keep your vessels off of the sea. If you put them on the stream, they'll meet my submarine. Strange things happening in the land. <laughs>
Kyle kept on destroying. Devil vessel he could see. So he treated us so mean with old dreadful submarines. See the strange things happening in the land. Strange things happening in the land. Strange things happening in the land. I say what's going on? Call our Strange things happening in the land.